Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's Business Soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. Joining us again from Borderlands Cybersecurity is its president, Craig Smith. Craig, welcome back to the program. That's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Earlier in our other serving of business soup, we talked about the threats and where some of them are. And in a generalized situation, I want to get into some specifics on all of these conveniences that we have for us now from monitors that we can tell our house what to do in ways that look like for the business and for the family that there can be intrusions from less obvious sources. What are some of those sources? Like, can somebody infect me from the doorbell? Well, actually, they can. Um, it's, that's, an, that's a really interesting uh, point. Uh, the doorbell is connected to the, to the Wi-Fi. And the Wi-Fi is obviously part of the router. Right. Uh, so what, what's happened is we think, you know, general population thinks, we are going to get a Wi-Fi connection or a router from AT&T or Cox or one of these providers. And that they're going to do the security, that they're going to take care of us because we must have a connection. And that there must be a man behind the curtain protecting us from these bad, bad people. When in fact, that's not at all true. Um, You brought up convenience. The Ring doorbell and the other Nest and some of the other doorbells, these are devices that are connected to the Wi-Fi. And for convenience, you can see them on your phone. But it is a path, a backdoor in that is connected to the Internet. So, yeah, it's it's a very, very big threat and a very big risk. So these devices, which could be my toaster, it could be my refrigerator, it could be any device that is connected to my Wi-Fi, which is, as we mentioned, the router, any device that is communicating through the electronic system isn't necessarily going to be the direct attack, but it can put an infection or a virus on my computer, on my network, that will be sitting there for days, weeks, months, waiting for the prime opportunity to capture a password, and then they have the golden key to everything that I have. Yeah, that's exactly right. The vast majority of uh, malware, which is, these these are bits of code, are designed to find the path of least resistance. They will find the way in through some sort of an update. And because um, all these doorbells and the refrigerators and TVs, they're all connected to the internet, and maybe they were purchased a few years ago, what happens is because they're connected to the internet, they are always open to receive updates. We've always seen update. This product is updating, that product is updating. And what's happening is a hacker can look at that and say, I'm just going to pretend like I'm an update. And the system will update. They can load a password watcher, a sniffer, if you will, and watch for that password. So, yeah, you could have an enemy in your gates that is just watching for a password. It can come from any source. My thermostat could be telling me, oh, it's an update. And it is so common for us to go, oh, yeah, well, all right, update it, because it will just keep popping up. That update warning says, update, update, update. And so I'll update the thermostat or any other device that is connected through the house. It could be a child's toy or even the television. The smart televisions and such can be looking at you, as I've learned that they are, and they can be tracking not only you and your personal interactions, but also having access through your wireless devices. And, and they're not just tracking. There, there's two ways that tracking is happening. Uh, 
Number one is, is the big data. And this is the television that you mentioned. This is the ability for them to look at where you're going and what you're doing for the purposes of advertising to you. And the other person that uses those update vulnerabilities are the hackers. And so in, in one of two ways, somebody's watching you. And it's, it's funny, people have the, uh, the Alexa and you can say, hey, Alexa, can you turn off and not listen to me? And she will say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Wow. Well, no one's ever going to be able to get me to do that either. Well, we have to be careful of the devices that we have. And, and it, the fact is that we are much less secure now than we were before. Now, I've noticed on my phone through convenience that I can just say, hey, Siri, and it pops right up. And I didn't know that. I thought I had to turn the phone on at first, and, but it will come up. And if you ever want to be misinterpreted, just ask your phone to call somebody and it will come up with the wrong name. I've never had such misinformation or made a connection with people I didn't realize I was calling than to tell Siri, hey, call somebody and they call the wrong person. We're talking with Craig Smith, the president of Borderlands Cybersecurity, turning this around to the different ways in which to infect my business. Let's say I'm in a restaurant. I have a point of sale machine. Can I get an infection through the point of sale machine, even though when somebody runs a credit card, the processor and such, there is that, that security between the card and the processor. Are there ways in which I can get an infection into my system that doesn't necessarily include that point of sale transaction? You're right on the money. It's common for businesses to feel that they're adequately protected by using Square or some other processing. When in fact, that's not really the case in some situations. So let me tell you the situation that we see most often in small businesses. And that is where you have a internet connection and you have a Wi-Fi connection and you have a point of sale machine and everything's on the same network. And that's dangerous because the hacker doesn't have to infect the point of sale machine if it can infect some employee's computer in the back by having them click on something that looks real. So once they're in that way, then they can watch traffic that goes by or attempt to update that point of sale machine, eventually hacking it. They don't generally look for each and every transaction. They're not looking for that. They're looking to break in. So is giving them some kind of access may not be the direct access where they've got everything that they need on that one transaction. It's just a little virus that sneaks in there that is constantly searching for other information. Yeah. So they're after, you know, a, a typical credit card number or a transaction can probably get uh, anywhere between 10 cents and 50 cents on the open market. And when you multiply that, um, again, these are not attacking this small business. They're attacking everybody equally. They don't discriminate. And so when they get this information, then they can sell it. So back to the question that you had asked, one of the best practices that we see is that your, your point of sale machine should not be on the same network as the other machines. And if you're going to offer Wi-Fi to your customers or your employees, that better be on its own network. And if we put these things on their own islands, if you will, then we can create security policies around that that further prevent those hackers from getting into each island. Is it better for your system, say within a restaurant or a business, to have everything hardwired into the modem? 100% yes. Because it's really the wireless, the, the, the Wi-Fi, where most infections in a business can occur. 
Right. And not only can it occur, but we are seeing everybody tripping over themselves as a small business to differentiate by offering Wi-Fi when somebody walks in the door, not realizing that what's happening is you're bringing in infected computers, customers and other would-be bad guys that could do all sorts of bad things. What's funny is often customers that, that may have an infection don't even know they do. But when they're connecting to your Wi-Fi, that little malware program that's on their phone or, or laptop will spend its time in the background trying to spider through your network looking for a problem or a hole or an update that it can take advantage of. When I go into a coffee shop of no particular name, but there's free Wi-Fi like you just mentioned, that is a great hook to get people to come into your business as you offer Wi-Fi services. First of all, you can have that Wi-Fi service, but it's not connected at all to your business. Everything that within the internal aspect of your business should be hardwired, which is a real pain in the neck to do. But I can see that it is a necessity to protect your data from outside intrusion. You bring these people in, they get to use the Wi-Fi. Is it just open season on the Wi-Fi for people to steal your my customer's identity right there in my store? Wi-Fi is the dirtiest, especially the free Wi-Fi, is the dirtiest of all things. It should be avoided at all costs if you can help it. It's better to use your cell phone plan for security. Hackers are known, it's very common, to take a laptop into a crowded Starbucks and they will share their Wi-Fi connection and call it Starbucks. And so people will connect to their computer with their credentials and now you see their email passwords coming through and you see everything you need to know. They're doing business thinking that they're really connecting to Starbucks and they're not. It's that problem plus everything else. So I could be paying my car payment or I'm going to sit down at the local coffee shop without using names and pay my bills. And now I've just given everybody access to my, or in particular, the hacker access to my bank account and right there on the spot while I'm paying my bills. Right. In, in the traditional way of, of having somebody sitting somewhere hacking is it's still common, but what is even more common is that the malicious malware that is already on one of these systems, once connected, will use that connection to see who else is on and look for vulnerabilities and thereby spread it. One very common problem that we're seeing, and, and I went to a, an actual, um, it's an unnamed water district, somewhere around here, I'll just say that. And what was happening is the employees are uh, using their own personal devices to disconnect from their secure, hardened system in order to connect to the public Wi-Fi so that they can get to the Netflix and they can stream movies and they can get games and the things they want. But what that just did is that introduced their secure corporate system into the dirty web, which is then shared by everybody and all the malicious people. So one employee doing that act alone could cause the entire place to be breached. Now, with that in mind, we don't need that security. I'm going to quote you. We don't need cybersecurity. We sell hammers. Who said that? Well, uh, th that's actually a statement from uh, Home Depot before they had their breach of uh, they don't even know how much, honestly. Um, they, it's, it's hundreds of billions of dollars they've spent so far. Everyone they sell hammers. What do they need cybersecurity for? And that's what they say. Everybody says that. You know, we're not under attack. I'm, I'm just an accountant. Why would they want me? Home Depot has a massive amount of credit card data, loan data, employee data, health data. You name it, they have it. It's a gold mine, as is any business who processes anything. 
um, even a small business who does business with Home Depot, or let's say a tax service who does business with someone, that tax service and that employee of the tax service might be the way in to the larger firm because they have a connection, they're doing some connection with them. So more and more, the Home Depots of the world are gonna start to say to us small businesses, you guys have to be secure in order to do business with me. So if I am a small business owner and I'm doing business with Home Depot like they do business with, and it could be Costco, it could be any business. A bigger business is always doing business with the small business owners, my audience. I come through the door with my product. It's likely that if the big box doesn't already require it, they're going to say, in order to do business with us, you need to have this type of security protocol before we will take your inventory and put it on our shelves. Yeah, and we've seen it now starting. It's starting in the counties and the cities and the municipalities. They are beginning to require certain security protocol checklists prior to doing business with a small business firm. And further, we're also seeing a movement with banks and people that do loans. In order to get a loan or secure a loan or a line of credit, now they want to know for small businesses, what is your security posture? What are you doing to defend yourself? Can you fill out this information? And, and we are not in the, the point where, as a small business, we can say, well, Cox set up our internet. I don't know. That's not, that's not something they're going to they're gonna be okay that's with. That's not acceptable. What would be, say, the top three things that would be on that list that I would be asked to provide if I came in and said, I'm going to be doing business with you? What top three questions would you be asking me about my security? So they ask, what are you using for your antivirus? Are you monitoring this antivirus? Who is watching the antivirus? And how do you know? And that's the first thing they're going to want to know on this form. The second is, what is your firewall? Who watches it? Who monitors it? This is not set and forget stuff. It's the active defense. And then the third is, where is your data? How are you protecting it or encrypting it and ensuring that it is protected? Those are the three things they look for. And if I don't have all three of those, they may say, well, come back when you have them. And where would I find that type of service? Well, obviously, we provide it. Borderland provides the service to uh, small businesses to ensure that they are properly protected, even if it's two users, even if it's three users. We go in and we can land you, we can border you to ensure that you're properly protected and that you are able to answer those things. Also, what's an interesting point is that not only can we protect that, but we can help you with those type of surveys so that in the event that you have a moment of a policy, let's say you're applying for a general liability policy, which is something they're requiring now, we can help them fill that out if we're providing a service to our customers. In other forms of invasion uh, to my business here, and, and of course my focus is always around the small business owner, we've talked about how it can be from secondary devices, those convenient items, as well as most of the dirty work comes from the Wi-Fi. What about these devices that I have seen that goes between the Wi-Fi and my computer? Is there any way to protect myself with a physical device that creates, is it a local area network, encrypts the signal from the Wi-Fi? Yeah, so most Wi-Fi connections need to have proper security. Most devices need to support proper security. 
And most importantly, these devices need to be on a network where it has been structured properly to use the island scenario that each device has its own role and that role is specific for what it does. A thermostat does what a thermostat does. And what we do as a company, we see with small businesses, we can program all the little convenience things that you want, but we keep them in their own island and we make a policy saying you can do that and only that. And by doing that, we can help protect people. So that's really what small businesses will need to do. Unfortunately, it's a little beyond the scope of what most business owners can do because it's very, very technical. And as far as the software that is available that comes either with the computer or as a subscription that protects your personal computers, as I know I have, are they a cure-all? Do they fix it? Can things get past them? Well, I only have one word that comes to mind, and that is garbage. <laughs> what, what's happening with these freebies that come with a computer is that they are freebies. They're bloatware, they're very, very heavy, and they're often either infected themselves already, or they are coming with a, an enormously heavy subscription that you're going to have to, as a small business owner, pay for, and it's not going to do you any favors. Um, the stuff that we see that we provide, and by the way, our company provides something north of 3 million computers uh, for protection. We handle about 3 million computers, 2,200 companies. Some of our customers are very large, and so we know the ones that work and don't. And, and the stuff that comes for free is for free. It's, it's no good. So you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for every time. We've been talking with Craig Smith of Borderlands Cybersecurity. For more information, visit us at BizSoup, that's B-I-Z-S-O-U-P dot com, for more information on covering your assets. Craig, thanks for joining us again on Business Soup. Thank you for having me. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.